is conducting a major chemistry experiment, or this is a serious no-no. Toto, something tells me we're not in cartoon territory anymore. What's that funny smell? I hate to suggest this, but my guess would be marijuana. An unlawful substance used to experience artificial highs. Nathan, I don't like it when people brag about how their generation was the best at something or how they were the greatest at something. You know that's a peeve of mine. I'm always peeving oh, about it. God, it's 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 a real drag when you bring up that topic. So I'm not going to do it now, but I will say I think our generation was the golden generation at adults trying to scare them out of things. Scared us out of satanic cults. Scared us out mm-hmm. of drugs. We were the most uh, potentially scared group of kids. That was adults' main way to get us to do things, I feel, back in the 1980s. Yeah, I think in um, back in the 50s, they they encouraged all that stuff. Yeah, there was a big, wonderful <laughs> future. You were going to jump on a rocket and go to moon school. Yeah. We just had to stay and, away from crack. Yeah. And Satan was a good guy. <laughs> uh so um we were exposed to a lot of anti-drug uh public service announcements when we were very young and these scare tactic ads a lot of them stuck with us and i asked if you had a favorite and i did not ask what it was but we've we've both picked one uh yeah. do you want to do you want me to guess what your favorite was or do you, I, I actually have no guess i just want to know what yours was well, I mean the the classic is the brain on the drug, the egg, the egg in the pan. That is a classic, and I I like that one a lot, mainly because I really like fried eggs, and that one always makes me really hungry. Uh, but my favorite one is, um, and it's one that I actually did not watch when I was a kid. It's one that I've seen as an adult. Okay, uh, but it came from that era. And it's uh, it starts with this really cool um, black guy from the streets, and he says, "Hey, what what's up, dudes?" Oh, uh, <laughs> I think we both picked the same one. <laughs> yeah, and he says, "Tell your parents to leave the room," <laughs> uh, and hopefully the parents did not hear him say that because <laughs> it would be totally obvious. Um, and then he tries to tell you about drugs and how they're cool, and and the mean meanwhile his face keeps slowly morphing into this. Uh, lizard snake figure um, and it is just and it's great effects like it's subtle at first and the way they frame the shots where people are walking in front of the, the screen right before he changes it's just it's just uh, it's like aside from its uh, racist depiction of black people <laughs> um, it's like a really well constructed commercial <laughs> It's very, yeah. So if you want to see this commercial, it is uh, under Snake Anti-Drug PSA 1986. And I'll put it in the show notes as well. Put it in the show notes. So imagine watching this and you're six years old and you're uh, awake at 8.30 a.m. on a Saturday morning and you just want to watch a cartoon where dinosaurs fly spaceships. And then Mm -hmm. suddenly... This, Which is the name of the cartoon. <laughs> this horrific Freddy Krueger snake man. <laughs> Very realistic. It Terrifying. I would bolt out of the room whenever this thing came on. It was so scary. So you remember it 
You remember seeing it? Oh yeah, <clears throat> I'm sure I saw it. I mean, I mean, I was glued to the TV for most of my childhood, so I just it doesn't. I don't remember reacting to it. So yeah, it's, maybe but it's not just that his face turns into a snake man; it's that his voice goes through like a modulator. So <laughs> yeah, when yeah, I lie to you. <laughs> Yeah, everything changes about him. It's it, and like I said, it's it. Um, you know, you always think about special effects and everything's computer these days. But this is makeup. This is there's no computer, in, in at least in how they're filming this. They're filming this, doing everything by the camera. You know, and mm-hmm. it's just great to see that uh, <laughs> that artistry. <laughs> It is great, even though it teaches you absolutely nothing about not doing drugs. Basically, yeah. it means some people are snake people mm-hmm. um, and and also don't take stuff from them. Yeah, if I see a big snake guy, I'm not going to uh, do anything he tells me to do. <laughs> all the stuff, all of these things, these PSAs all have you know a goal in mind that ends up and, – and the studies even show – that the ads don't work or they have the opposite effect. I don't know if they seduced me into uh, trying drugs. It more just confused me as to what they wanted me to do. Don't do something that looks scary. You got it. Right. Um, Or, Or look at all these really cool guys. Look at all these really cool guys. Don't do what the cool guys are doing. Right. One will come up to you. They'll open their hand. Uh, they'll have pre-rolled joints, some loose <laughs> pills, and a baggie of cocaine in their palm. Mm-hmm. Don't jam them all and into you your get mouth. To, you get to choose. <laughs> They're free. The first one's always free. Just don't do this cool free thing. <laughs> um, I, you know, I was going to guess that your favorite was uh, the Pee Wee Herman one. No, I do. I do enjoy he, that one. Where he very seriously tells you about crack. What drug dealer do you think ever does the first one's free deal? How do they know you're getting your first one? <laughs> hey, you look like a new timer. I haven't I seen you think, around here. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. Like, I don't think. Like, I don't. Hey, I don't see drug me. dealers. <laughs> right. They I don't call see that, drug dealers. Oh, go on. They call that the Hollywood treatment. The Hollywood treatment. Oh, I've yet yeah. to get it. I, I just don't see drug dealers as salesmen. Like they don't need to convince people of the benefits of drugs. It's like, like you're not, they're not like walking around trying to like door to door. Like, excuse me, ma'am. You know, I know you're busy with all your vacuuming, <laughs> <laughs> but have you tried this drug? Like that, like it's just it is a seller's market drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Real soft touch when it comes to pawning them off on people. <laughs> But I also right. remember so I in comics and in like, <clears throat> not to bring uh, the devil up again, but Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, mm-hmm. they would show people <laughs> with syringes grabbing kids and jamming them full of drugs to get them hooked. I don't think that's ever happened. Right. And and, and I, get, I get this feeling that like people who in these things who want you to do drugs, it's not a monetary thing for them. They just want you to get hooked as well. It's love of the game. Yeah, like, like, like I don't ever see. I never. They never talk about how 
you are going to financially lose from this. It's always just about how they hurt you. Um, except in what we're talking about today, there is kind of a monetary um, issue that arises at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So the reason we're, we're talking about all this, I mean, we could talk about advertisements and uh, the economics of drug trade all day. But the reason we're bringing this up <laughs> is the topic of today's show, which is maybe, except for a presidential address, I think the only program that's ever been simulcast on NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox affiliates, Univision, and Telemundo simultaneously. Today we're talking about one of the most requested shows in the network special universe, which is Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue from 1990, played on every single network. Yeah, and what was this? Uh, obviously, this was a combined effort from all the studios involved because there's tons of cartoon characters from different studios. But what was this kind of spearheaded by Disney? This or was the it, president. <laughs> so I uh, looked in. Oh, by the way, you're listening to Network Special, a show that uh, talks about network specials that were meant to only be seen once. But thanks to the magic of the internet, you can see them again and again in a way they were never intended to do. My name's Zachariah. And my name's Nathan. Great. And of course, uh, producer Jeremy is in the booth at the beautiful Golden Ox Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. Always wonderful to be a part of the Golden Ox family. When Jeremy invited me in, he said, you're joining a very happy family and gave me a big kissy on the mouth. And he was not wrong. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Can I say really quick, because I was thinking about this last night. We always say that these things were meant to be seen one mm. once. But there are things we will talk about that were meant to appear in syndication or on VHS or something eventually mm -hmm. um, or right away, as in the case of this, I'm assuming. Right. Um, because you, you, you could rent this at video stores easily. Uh, so, so not every single thing we talk about is only meant to be seen once. It's just the spirit of it is this is a one-off. This is not a, a sequel. This is not a, um, or could be a sequel, but this is not a syndicated show that returns over and over again in in a story format or whatever. I'll be sure to add all that to the intro. Yes. Yeah, every <laughs> single time. God, I would hate to see the emails that would have followed. <laughs> the way that this happened was, I, I tried looking up articles from 1990. I find a, a handful of them. This was a project soft spearheaded by the uh, Academy of Television, produced mm -hmm. by Roy E. Disney, uh, mm -hmm. grandchild to the Disney throne. But the people who put up the big money was the Ronald McDonald House, who put up, I think, like $2 million towards producing this thing. Okay. And I was going like, why is Ronald McDonald House so in the soup for this thing? Was it a big tax write-off? Were they just looking for another way to like connect children's memories to their favorite cartoons? And I think both those things were true. But that year, there was a new head of Ronald McDonald House Charities. And that man was coming right from his last job, which was running the Just Say No campaign for Nancy Reagan. Oh, so this guy okay. had one note on his flute, and it was Just Say No. So I think that toot, toot. He, toot, toot. <laughs> just say no. <laughs> So I think he put the bug in the ear of uh, the Television Academy and of Disney. 
And then from that point onward, who's going to want to be the cartoon that says, no, we don't want to be part of your anti-drug message. Look, we'll give you one turtle, (laughs) one Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, but we will not give you all four. So they decided to make a half hour special that would play on every station and would send the message to kids to not do drugs. This uh, had a very fast turnaround time. Normally to do a half hour of TV animation, it is 12 to 16 weeks. This was made in six weeks. And I would say it shows (laughs) a little bit because the animation is a little wonky. Um, But they got a bunch of our uh, cartoon heroes to be in this thing. They got actor George C. Scott, who played like Mm -hmm. Patton and it was in Dr. Strangelove to play the voice of Smoke, the spirit of drugs, I guess. Well, no, the smoke that comes from the drug. Yes. Although he also seems to come from (laughs) Coke or pills or anything else that you do. He just kind of, I guess, I guess when you smash up a, a, a pill. It can turn into a little bit of smoke. He does turn into a purple thing with a tie. Yeah. Uh, And this thing, I remember this thing being advertised like crazy in TV Guide. In McDonald's, there was flyers all over the place. You could buy the VHS with this from McDonald's. Did you watch this when it came out? I don't know how this one slipped me by. I, I mean, surely... I watched it. I mean, if, if, if it was aired everywhere, but I just don't remember having this. Um, I, I mean, it, there's a chance that it could have aired on a Sunday night or something. And then I would have been at church or something, you know, but um, I just don't remember this like everyone else does. How old were you in 1990? In 1990, I was in seventh grade. Okay. Uh, so maybe it would have been just a tiny bit too young for me. I don't know. I mean, I, I watched cartoons, you know, Saturday morning cartoons for a long time after it was appropriate for me. But <laughs> um, I don't uh, I don't know if it would have been or not. Oh, this was a Saturday There's night. There's no way I would have passed up. Some, oh, Saturday night. April 21st, 1990. Wow. We just missed Yeah, the there's no way I would have passed up a Slimer appearance or a turtle's appearance i i watched this with my parents so i was 10 so i was just old enough to uh be a little bit embarrassed about being excited to see this and also (laughs) knowing it was uh dumb as it unfolded and kind of like wishing my parents weren't watching it in the room with me um but i wasn't gonna pass up seeing two of television's great wits Garfield and Alf coming together <laughs> like Mark Twain and Oscar Wilde. Who knew what those two were going to say? Can we agree that I feel like Garfield of the bunch, Garfield was the least interested in this issue? Uh, I think, well, we'll get to the bottom of who was the least interested. I think he is okay. top three for sure. <laughs> yeah. Top three just, uh, just happens to be in the room. Doesn't have yeah. a horse in this race. <laughs> Uh, before, so before all this started, if you got the VHS or if you watched on TV, because Ronald McDonald House sponsored the show, you got to see a commercial where, uh, sick children sang at you (laughs) and they (laughs) said how wonderful Ronald McDonald House was. Yeah. 
uh, children singing. And one of them is wearing, I don't know why, but one of them is wearing like trucker sunglasses from the 80s. Yeah. Well, he was going to be on TV. He wanted to look good. <laughs> he looks like he looks like he would have been on Dukes of Hazard or something. <laughs> it was a cool kid. Yeah, he sure was. Is there any is there any genre of music worse than uh, children choir singing? Their little fluty voices squalling together. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I do not typically scroll through that genre on iTunes. Oh, so I would, I would, I would, I don't know how much there is. <laughs> You're talking to a person who used to assist manage a mall toy store, and they would play the kids' bop version of songs. So it, I listen to a lot of children singing in closed harmony. Did you did you not know the real words to songs? <laughs> I thought everything was about hugging and kissing. Yeah, <laughs> like I, 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 I mean that is true now sometimes because of my daughter listens to those too, mm. and uh, there are songs where I only know the Weird Al version. Oh, gotcha. and so I I sing those because sure. it just. I didn't know the song when I was a kid. I just knew the Weird Al sang this song. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think I thought uh, I want a new duck was an original song for a long time. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's probably just as you know interesting as the original lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, after we get to see the, the children singing, we then get a very, very special celebrity guest stars Mm -hmm. introducing us into the world of cartoon all-stars to the rescue. And who is that? Mr. And Mrs. President George Bush. That's right. The original Mm -hmm. George H. And of course, uh, the first dog, Millie. Who looks like oh, she's there. on heavy quaaludes. Barbara is kind of just like <laughs> holding her head in place while they do this <laughs> intro. That that leads to a great question, uh, which I always think, which I always wonder about these is, and this was um, tackled very strongly in an episode of Say by the Bell. How many of the people involved in this do you think smoked marijuana in their lives? Like like at currently. During that the recording of that, <laughs> uh, not the president or the first lady. Uh, Millie the dog, the dog though, yes, the yes, dog the dog had. Ish- I know the dog had issues at least one point of their life. Um, everyone <laughs> else, yeah, you're talking about actors in Hollywood. You're talking about voice actors who can show up blazed, and who's going to know? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I don't even mean during filming. Just like, oh, okay, you know, like how many people are like smoking marijuana? But doing anti-marijuana stuff. That's a... You know? Yeah. (laughs) Or doing worse. I mean, that's how a lot of big stars got roped into doing PSAs. It wasn't the goodness of their heart. It was a community service for them. (laughs) That's, yeah, a punishment. (laughs) That's why uh, 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 Alan Thicke is in so many PSAs. Because he got DUIs constantly. Wow. So they would have him appear in, like, Make Smart Choice videos for teens. Man, great punishments for celebrities. <laughs> become, yeah. become more famous. <laughs> <laughs> to a different type of audience now. <laughs> so George Bush gives a very super insincere sounding uh, recommendation. George Bush also said, 
in a press release. He thinks that every child should watch this program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He goes, Al, yeah, we're every... all going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. You know... Uh, hey, Jack. I, that... that... <laughs> He's like, here's Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) Because it sounds like to me the narrative was that not every child should watch this. And he was trying to combat that narrative. Yeah, he was trying to make a difference. (laughs) Every child should watch this. Maybe that's why I didn't watch it. My parents were like, you don't need to watch this. Oh, right. They were famous anti-Bushers. Yeah, (laughs) my parents, the famous anti-Bushers. So you know what they told you? (laughs) Not going to do it. What's that? Not going to do it. it. I love it. I love it. Not going to do it. Read, read. Here's Johnny. Read my lips, little Nathan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, All right. So, uh, I've rewatched this about three times to prep for this episode and part of the reason why i have to keep rewatching it is i cannot remember how we go from segment to segment because the dream logic of this show is so strange i don't even know i mean it is instantly like like usually when you watch these kinds of things you see the kids and they kind of like you know like they're they're living real lives but then they somehow they hallucinate or they fall asleep. And then there's these, you're in a dream uh, world. Then these, yes. Yeah. These characters appear, but in this, like they are just part of the world in a sort of toy story way. Yeah. It's like toy story, but with toy story, there are certain rules you can figure out. And in this universe, it's if you're a licensed character, you can come to life at will. <laughs> Yeah, no matter what you are, if you are in a comic book, if you are on a record sleeve, or you live inside a record sleeve, sorry, or if you are a lamp, like a Garfield lamp, for instance. Right. Everything comes to life if there is a face drawn on it. Yeah. And it seems like at first they're trying to hide it, like they don't want people to know, but then people find out and no one reacts strongly to that because there's a very important message they have to deliver which it's is true. come on stop yeah <laughs> so it so it it doesn't open with the characters being alive it opens with um a piggy bank being stolen we're in the real right. world we're in a little yes. suburban cul-de-sac uh-huh and the this all you see is you see this uh, door open and a piggy bank is being sold a little pink piggy bank, um, and then is it right away or do we see right the away person who stole it or <laughs> no we see it's, hands come in it steals a piggy bank and then we pan to the floor and a comic book blows open it's a Smurfs comic book and we go into the comic book and Papa Smurf goes oh. Somebody smurfed that piggy bank. <laughs> so if you're in a comic and the page is open, you can look out into the real world. And Papa Smurf knows this room so well, he can spot when yeah. a piggy bank is gone. Yeah, he's like the, uh, they're like the best at what's missing from this picture. <laughs> uh, so they all like, oh, we got to, we got to 
get that piggy bank smurf or whatever they say. We got to <laughs> smurf it up. <laughs> I, 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 I will. I would never be able if I would never be able to write for a show like that because I would never be able to understand what is being replaced by the word Smurf. There is no logic. <laughs> I didn't really watch Smurfs growing up, but he wakes up and he goes, I was Smurfing like a baby. <laughs> He's like, oh, the piggy bank's gone. I'll ring the bell. And somebody else wakes up. He goes, uh, somebody Smurfed the bell. <laughs> it know, always so, sounds so, dirty. So the gra- you know, Grandpa Smurf has been stealing like a baby. <laughs> And someone stole the bank, or Grandpa Smurf has been sleeping pa- like a baby, Papa and someone sleeps the bank. Papa, Papa Smurf, Smurf, please, right. a Papa respect. Smurf sleeping like a baby, and someone sleeped the yeah. Piggy bank. He's been ringing like a baby know. and sleeping the bell. <laughs> yeah. So they decide they're going to go and wake up Cora, the little girl who owns the piggy bank. So they all pop out of the comic, um, and then also to help wake her up, I guess. Alf and Garfield come to life. Alf is in a framed picture on her dresser. Like you would have a picture of your grandmother, but she has a framed headshot of Alf, which comes to life. This this girl is a Saturday morning super fan. (laughs) Like there is not a Saturday morning cartoon that she is not. She doesn't have merch of right in some way. Right. Um, She's like a JC Penny catalog. (laughs) She has the lookbook. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, the Smurfs, Garfield, Alf, all team up. Winnie the Pooh, who is a little bear on her bed, all team up to wake her up to alert her to this piggy bank theft. They do it by ringing her Kermit, her baby Kermit alarm clock. This is a product that never existed, but I was looking at this thing and going, that's great because it's a full body <laughs> clock of baby Kermit, but the two bells on the top are his eyes. I'm going, this yes, genius. Great. Make it. Why didn't they make this thing? <laughs> she, what's great too is she goes, you know, this is a, again a Saturday morning super fan, but she goes, what, what, I didn't set my alarm. It's a Saturday. You know, like she's, oh, like, right. Well, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, she's like, why would I miss? She's like, why am I waking up now? Why would I set my alarm? It's a Saturday. I'm like, you're the Saturday super fan. <laughs> what are you? You're watching, so you're watching all the reruns or something? Um, we also get our first and basically only appearance of Slimer, who she's like, yeah. why, am I, why am I awake? Slimer pops out of the wall, picks up uh, her other lamp, which is, of course, in the shape of a cornucopia. She has <laughs> yeah, a lamp classic. like a Thanksgiving decoration. Uh, we later see that her brother has a jack-o'-lantern in his room. So it's a very holidays-obsessed family. I assume that their yeah, parents uh, have a full Christmas tree in their bedroom. We never see it. Uh, Slimer yeah. picks up and eats her lamp and then opens his mouth so the light shines on where the piggy bank was. Um, yes. This is, that's basically all you're going to get from Slimer in this episode, anyone who tuned in who is a real Ghostbusters fan. Um, and, and Garfield, of course, um, he makes a comment something like, uh, there's the alarm, I think he's commenting on the alarm sound, saying there's, it's the, the only thing better than that sound is the sizzle of a hot lasagna. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they well they hear the piggy bank breaking down the hall. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. He says something about yeah, but he, he comments on the sound of the sizzle of a hot lasagna. How many lasagnas have you made that are just like crackling? They're and- like fajitas. 
right. That's why when you order a lasagna at a restaurant, everyone turns their heads as a sizzling lasagna goes by you. <laughs> they just bring it out on like a thousand degree. Yeah, it's on a hot pan. rock. <laughs> yeah, a hot rock shaped in the uh, shaped into the into a uh, an aluminum pan. <laughs> Can I ask a question that you might know uh, the answer to? Is Slimer a dead person? Is it I the, mean, a ghost of a person who looked like Slimer but with legs? <laughs> that is a good question. Is are all the ghosts from Ghostbusters are they dead people or are there demons and other things? Well, I know there that, are like, some. Gozer's not a not or whatever. The devil dogs are not people. Right. I know some of them are supposed to be well, I guess demons. They turn into the people. <laughs> But I, I want to know if Slimer. People. I want to know if Slimer is a a dead man's spirit. Just a big, like just a like a, a um my five hundred pound life. A man like, who you know, died like, jamming a whole room service plate of frankfurters <laughs> down his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> he, he choked on a on a large New York pepperoni pizza <laughs> on a real slice. <laughs> And yeah, and you, you know, you know, if you if you you're not eating pizza unless you uh, choke on it, that's what they say. Yeah, that's yeah, no, how I, you know it's authentic. I know it's authentic. <laughs> I done choked on it. I pulled a real Slimer. His it's, name was also Slimer in two, life. Two, <laughs> yeah, he calls himself Slimer. It's two. Things about a pizza in New York makes authentic the water and its ability to choke you. They calls me Slimer. <laughs> what with all the pizza grease I sweat? That's cause of all the pizza I don't eat. It's me. Oh no, Slimer. my legs! <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> Time to haunt this hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, he would have had to have died in the hotel. Right. And, you know, he would have had to die in the hotel. So he would have had to have ordered up a massive plate of hot dogs. Of, New, of course, classic New York, sabrettes, right? <laughs> oh, With beef. the hot dog water. 100% kosher. <laughs> I ain't of the faith, but no disrespect. Look, if you don't bring up a side that on your relish, I don't oh, know what's called. Brother. Sorry, yeah. sorry, oh, New York relish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it, man. <laughs> you can tell I'm from freaking Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> this is the show. This is the, right. talk? this is the show. Yeah, yeah. What are we doing? Yeah, this, this should be our podcast. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, well, I mean, that's the last we're going to see of Slimer really. So I had to ask the question then I didn't mean to <laughs> yeah. cut it off at the knees as we are one minute deep into revealing that Corey, little girl, Corey's older brother, Michael is smashing her piggy bank open to buy drugs. Yeah. And she has $20 worth of quarters in there or nickels. Yeah. He says there's almost $20 in here. Are they all like Susan B. Anthony dollars? Cause there's just like a little pile of coins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 
she was saving that up to buy obviously more Saturday morning merch. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna get a kissy fur doll. <laughs> yeah. Um and uh yeah, what when so um when does when does she open okay, so they go in the room, she finds they find him stealing the money, but then like also she sees the little uh tin of drugs. Not yet. No, no, no. How, well, okay. how dare you be confused by this very logical cartoon that moves at a very <laughs> slow pace? First of all, everyone who comes into the room with her, it's it's little sister Corey, Garfield, Alf, all three chipmunks. <laughs> They're all there. Uh, the Smurfs do not does come the poo, along. Does Winnie the Pooh? The, oh, and Winnie, Winnie the, the Pooh. Pooh They're all there. Okay. No, no, no. Sorry. Yeah. Pooh is uh, in her bedroom still. Uh, the Smurfs are out of the picture. Okay. You will never see the Smurfs again. <laughs> they've done their bit. Yeah, they've done their job. They're just an alarm. Everyone, all all the cartoon characters are under the bed. Michael kicks the drugs under the bed, and oh, they open it, it up. And know it all. Simon uh, gives a dissertation <laughs> on uh, the medical properties of marijuana. Well, he says either he's doing a chemical a chemistry experiment, mm-hmm. or these are drugs. And I'm like, but what? Um, are marijuana is marijuana you smoke that right you don't drink it from a vial right <laughs> I mean you can take doses um, but uh, yeah <laughs> sure. I don't know what other stuff he has yeah, in I thought that it was box very... that's true he of course has a bunch of pre-rolled joints ready to go <laughs> he has yeah. rolling yeah. papers He's very, this, you know, one thing they don't mention because it would be a positive is that you are very organized when you start doing drugs and you plan ahead. It is the most anal retentive pothead we've seen on TV so far. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We're then also introduced to Smoke, the, the spirit of drugs voiced by actor George C. Scott. And he comes out when, uh, Michael is, smoking dope in the local arcade with his friends, with his multicultural friends, uh, w- mm-hmm. right out in the open, just in the side of this public video arcade, smoking it it's up. It's a very progressive, very progressive arcade. <laughs> <laughs> How do you like that hat that his, uh, the one female friend he has wears? Uh, remind me. It is a giant manhole cover style hat. <laughs> It looks like she's going to go into Mortal Kombat in a minute. <laughs> oh, so it's like a Raiden or something? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it like does it strap down under her neck? It's or not something? a full rice paddy hat. No, it stops there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, very much a, a show of its time. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> By the way, what, they all run after him to stop him doing drugs but Pooh just stays behind he's like see you guys <laughs> like he just waves goodbye like so many people are not interested in this mission he's he's being uh emotional support to Corey because he's the teddy bear yeah i guess and also she does not know that he came to life that conceit's still going on but when she oh, looks in she... at her lamp it'll just be a shade when she looks at her frame picture of Alf, it'll just be an empty frame. 
<laughs> right. Right. There won't be any chipmunks to sing her any songs <laughs> right. from her record player. He like Alvin's living inside. They're all living inside the thing. He's watching TV inside the record slate. Yeah. It's a complicated universe. Yeah. Uh they hear the, by the way, where's Dave at? Oh, where is scenario? Dave? Does Dave live in this freaking vinyl thing too? Or is he like, where's the kids? Where are the kids? It only it only works if you are pictured on the sleeve of the album. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So yes, Ray Stevens also comes to life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the kids all run away from the arcade because they hear police sirens. Um, yeah. And he gets trapped. Michael gets trapped in an alley. When the police come, guess what? It's just Bugs Bunny wearing a policeman's hat. <laughs> As a gag? What's he doing? He's wearing that hat. Like, uh, I mean, yeah. So, uh, like, did he join the force? He's volunteer. He's a volunteer. Okay. Well, then, by by which he has no standing. No. No. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like if it's a mall security guard tells you to move your car. He can't arrest you. <laughs> right. That's why when Bugs well, and Bunny... And we see that... We see what? Yeah, he instantly takes the hat off. You know, I mean, he obviously, he can't... He, he knows he can't uh, do anything like that. Right. And also, it's why he doesn't arrest Michael whenever he picks up... <gasps> he picks well, up his weed he and what? he goes, What's this, a joint? <laughs> <laughs> What's this, yeah, a and- joint? What's this don't look att- like no carrot. What's the attraction, Doc? <laughs> it's one of those New York oh, City yeah, he has kosher a great joints. Line at the, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has a great line with the what's up, Doc, at the end, but we'll get there. Um, so, so yeah. And, and then he, he becomes sort of the, uh, what, like the ghost of druggy past or something. He yeah, like he, pulls out a time machine. He's the Clarence of the It's a Wonderful Life segment of this. Yeah, yeah Bugs Bunny has a time machine. And he, then the kid's like, he's like, the kid knows. Like, he's like, he doesn't go like, what's that? He's like, hey, it's a time machine. Like, in this world, they know what time machines are. Well, and he asks him, he asks Bugs, where'd you get that? And Bugs Bunny said, <laughs> I got it from some coyote. You know how Wiley Coyote's always <laughs> traveling through time. <laughs> if why if he had a um if he had a time machine, he would definitely catch the Roadrunner. Right. He goes to baby Roadrunner and he strangles uh the baby in the cradle. <laughs> yeah. That was the last exactly. episode. <laughs> they go to Michael's past in the time machine to see the first time that he's ever smoked pot. Michael yeah. looks a lot younger. This how old is Michael supposed to be in this? Like thirteen or fourteen? Would you say? Because <laughs> right. they say he's a teenager. Right. But he's not sixteen. He's yeah. like thirteen or fourteen at most. Right. He's not driving. He's riding a skateboard everywhere. Right. Or a time machine. <laughs> so he sees himself in the past. He looks a lot younger. Yeah. If this is the first so like time he's or done drugs, I, he looks 10. Yeah. <laughs> so let's say let's and, say well, this is tra- <laughs> 2 years in the past, right? Let's let's give it yeah. that. He uh he's 11 and now he's 14. Uh right. or th- uh, 3 years. Um 
So has Michael been smoking pot since he was 10 or 11 and it's just now becoming a problem? Uh, yeah, because you'd think that he would have stolen the piggy bank before or something. Or maybe his life would be more affected in different ways. Like, this is not going to be a recent problem <laughs> for Michael. Right. Yeah, they're trying to show, Bugs is trying to prove to him, because like, he says, this is my choice. I've always chosen to do this. And they're trying to show that he's really being influenced by all these cool guys. But it still was his choice. Exactly. That is true. So Pugs was wrong. Was wrong. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> this whole pre- the whole premise of this thing falls apart in, in five minutes. And guess what? <laughs> Michael got cooler. Now he's on a skateboard wearing sunglasses all the time. Smoking <laughs> pot. <laughs> Again, every single time I'm like, these things, they just they keep trying to tell you, don't be cool. <laughs> I know. Even he's even he's even He's even drinking some suds. We cut back to the house. (laughs) Michael's dad pulls out his orange crate, his wooden orange crate of beers. He goes, hey, some of my beers are gone. And his wife goes, oh, you probably just drank them while you were watching football. So the dad is getting so blackout drunk, he's not remembering. (laughs) This guy is such an alcoholic. That he has built himself because he builds his own stuff. He built himself an, a beer crate for the fridge. Like he won't just put the beers in the fridge. They won't be safe. Like any normal person. <laughs> he builds his own structure that holds the beers. And then he drinks so much that he doesn't remember. And he's just like, eh, okay, I'm going to go to the garage. <laughs> that's, that's definitely probably it. Yeah, you're right. I probably forgot. <laughs> I'm going to go wrench something. So Winnie the Pooh comes to life and he asks Corey, the little sister, hey, why don't you tell your parents what's going on? She goes, well, if I tell them, then Michael's going to be mad at me. He goes, yeah, maybe. But what if you don't tell? I'm, I'm just going to leave. The, then she goes to the garage, starts to tell the dad something, and then doesn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to... Like- it's clear. It is clear that something is wrong with her. But the dad's like, "Don't." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that there. Yeah. I'm gonna pick that thread up uh, later. Okay. Um, speaking of cool people, do you want do you want to say who uh, Michael meets next? Um, it's Michelangelo, right? Absolutely. Yes, from the turtles. He falls into a Kool Aid sewer. Uh, the, he falls in the sewer and the water, it looks like something out of the Care Bears or something. It looks like, like acid. <laughs> it's like hot yeah. acid. I know they're trying to take your mind off the fact that they are in a pool of feces, but <laughs> they go the other direction and it's pink and yellow. It looks like the stuff that would have turned the turtles into uh, standing up things, right. you know? Michelangelo, uh, the only Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle that we meet in this uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Well, the other ones are MIA. I feel like this was supposed to be like a reclamation project for Michelangelo. Like, have you ever seen that footage of D. Snyder from Twisted Sister? When he's in front of the Supreme Court, he's talking about how rock music yeah. isn't bad. And he's like, I actually, I uh, do not do drugs. 
nor do I drink alcohol. And that was his big ace in the hole. It's like, I know you think I'm a party dude, but actually I don't do any of that stuff. It's not bad for you. I feel like casting Michelangelo as the anti I do the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> having Michelangelo, who sounds like a giant stoner, and having him decry how terrible drugs are was oh, like right. them trying to point out like, no, when he says he's a party dude, it's like a kid's birthday party. He means like he drinks a lot of punch. I just realized something. Mm. Slimer is was a fifth turtle oh. who choked on a pizza. And that's why he's a green blob. He got blobbed back into his tinier self after he dies. Wow. And so Slimer was the fifth turtle. That's a great retcon. Like, call him Picasso. No, he's Maplethorpe or something. Maplethorpe. Grandma Moses. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great retcon um, you should do a comic around that uh i'll get right on that <laughs> yeah so he's yeah you're right that is totally true he is the the stoned turtle for sure he's the scooby-doo of the bunch mm. or I means so the the shaggy of the bunch right um so good for them you expect leonardo to lecture you on the horrors of of drugs yeah, definitely. Uh, you expect Donatello will tell you about all the chemical reactions going on in your brain. Right. Um, uh, Leonardo tells you not to do drugs. Raphael is still lost somewhere in the city looking for his sigh. Oh, I would and, think he'd be very uh, straight up about it. <laughs> oh, you think so? You think he would crack a, crack a couple of wise? I think he'd be cool jokes. but rude. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> nice. Totally, totally, dude. Um, yeah. So then it, then it goes from this into now he goes to a dark ride at Disney. <laughs> he right? goes, yeah, he goes to a roller coaster inside his own brain piloted by who else? Baby Kermit and Baby Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who are on a date. Um, at, if, at, at, you know, Miss Piggy thinks. Yeah. Uh, and, so they go through the synapses of his brain. Everything's blowing up. It looks terrifying um, because in cartoons, all drugs affect you like LSD. Every drug yeah. you take, you will see visions, uh, purple stars, blue moons. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if, you drink, if you drink too much, you'll see hallucinations. You'll think a lamppost is a yeah. policeman. You'll see pink elephant. <laughs> Everything makes you have hallucinations, no matter what drug it is. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a wild ride. And then, then the ride ends by them smashing through a glass window. Who put a huge glass wall on this freaking ride. They go through a window at the end. I do not remember that. Is that supposed yeah, to be his eyeball huge, or something? There's a huge glass wall uh-huh. that this ride just busts through. Oh, and now they're trying to leave um, his brain. Yeah. Uh, because the stuff's happening and they leave him like picking and Kermit, just leave him and lock the door behind. Like, they don't <laughs> they broke his brain. All. Yeah. I was trying to figure out why <clears throat> I, I read some, I've heard people say, oh, it's so weird. You watch this cartoon and these cartoons are lecturing you on why drugs are bad. And when I was a kid, it didn't strike me as that strange, but I realize now it's probably because, you know, we both grow up in church households. 
Yeah. And in Christian entertainment, it's weird when the cartoon character does not lecture you about a moral lesson. <laughs> yeah. So this was very right. par There's, for course for me. Yeah, people don't people don't show up in something unless they're going to lecture you in Christian entertainment. That's right. That talking bear is going to be like, well, if you had respected your parents, maybe you wouldn't have uh, <laughs> lost your hat or whatever. Yeah, right. um, it is strange, though. This is the strangest part. And I was trying to figure out why it hit me so strange. There are. So Michael, we're saying is 13 or 14. That's uh, we're guessing. We're got, yeah. Um, the Muppet Babies are babies. Like it's in their name. Yes. So mm-hmm. these babies are telling him how terrible drugs are and he should get off the stuff. <laughs> you know, Huey, Dewey, and Louie are about to show up. Also, very small children <laughs> about to tell him, like, yo, you should just say mm-hmm. no. If you're a teenager and these little kids are coming up to you, these, these are the you tell them to shut up. These are the people, these are the people that George Bush would say should be watching this show. But they're the ones telling us not to do it. Well, that is part, I mean, not to to skip right to the end, but my question is, who is this special meant for? It's not meant for a person of Michael's <laughs> age. It's not meant for a teen, right? Right. A teenager is not going to, so it's somebody who's supposed to be the little sister's age. But the whole right. show is about the teenager. <laughs> right. So wh- who well, are we I supposed to just a, be going with here? So I guess if you are watching this as a 12-year-old or something, then that's who you are. But if you are the little kid, then you're supposed to maybe maybe it's also a thing of like, hey, tell on your brother. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely that's yeah. the message. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we're, we're at that point. We're at the little more than halfway point in the special, which means it is time for the mandatory song. And oh boy, yes. if you thought those sick kids at Ronald McDonald house couldn't sing, wait till you hear <laughs> the chipmunks, baby piggy and Huey, Dewey and Louie singing in close harmony <laughs> together. Oh boy. The sound engineer must've had blood filling up his headphones <laughs> during this section. So the, in this one, it's all of the uh, all different ways you can say no to mm-hmm. drugs. That's right, and 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 a lot of the excuses they give of why you would say no kind of sound like great reasons to also smoke weed. My hamster died. Yeah, like, yeah, my hamster died. I got tons of homework. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like a really stressful excuses. I'm like, this sounds like a reason to do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> my parents are getting way, divorced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do by the way, did the Berlin Wall show up in this? Yes. Or am I wrong? Yes. Does Gonzo break down the Berlin Wall? Alf, Alf tears okay, down Alf that does. wall. Mr. Alf, tear down that wall. Was this when did the Berlin Wall fall? Was it 19 was it at, before uh, or after this? 87 or 89 between okay, those years. Okay, so it already Sorry. happened and it's old news. Yeah. Why is this showing up in the thing? Well, they were happy about it. Okay. They were showing solidarity. Yeah, that is true. I mean, that's fine, but three or four years later? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, George H. Bush was vice president to Reagan, so they wanted to show solidarity because he gave that nice intro, a little bit of legacy. Okay, okay. This is for you, Mr. President. (laughs) Health breaks down the wall. (laughs) 
Uh, thank you, Mr. Fusco. <laughs> uh, this... So when, when do they break to marijuana zombie? Well, like, I when want, do they hold on one second. When okay. I was listening to this song, I was going, wow, this song is just uh, like a drill in my ear. Who, what hack <laughs> did they get to write this song? Do you know who wrote this song? It's Howard Ashman, right? It's making an Ashman straight <laughs> off of doing all the songs for Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid. <laughs> and they do this thing, this turn, which is like. <laughs> it sounds like the you terrible like, points in like, like, like a Beatles or a Rolling Stones album. And it's like really cool music. And then they'll do one song where it's like the old dance. Oh, mate. You're like, oh, God, don't put this on. You mean the Ringo song? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, this is like, well, this is like um, Roy is like, look, Howie. <laughs> a little something for me. I need a favor. <laughs> uh, or look, your contract says you got one more thing to do. <laughs> and I'm calling it in. <laughs> oh, also, if you tuned into the special to see Tigger, this is the one moment you can see him. He jumps yeah. in to do a line and then he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> he crumbles with the Berlin Wall. <laughs> Tigger knows his effectiveness is not going to be uh, telling a child not to do drugs. Right. Because you know that guy's on speed. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love it. <laughs> That's my new character. Stony. <laughs> I like that character. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were they smoking when they came up with this one? And can I get some of it? I, if <laughs> if Stony does yeah. not make an appearance in every episode, I will be very upset. <laughs> I, like, what does Stony have to say about this one? I have a feeling like you're never going to be upset. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> oh, when the world happens next, um. <sighs> We're we're Doesn't not like done wake being, up in bed or something. Yeah, we're not being being browbeaten by cartoon characters yet. Um, his little sister says you should stop. He says get out of my room. Uh, and then how? Oh right. He looks into the lid of his drug box. By the way, uh, the size of things in this universe are really all over the place. This. This box, which fit into the palm of his hand a second ago, I'm looking at the freeze frame of him looking at his reflection in the box. Now it's the size of like a, a giant lunchbox that you could put a whole ham into. He sees his reflection in the lunchbox lid. His reflection then turns to Alf and Alf pulls him into the box so he can show him how terrible he's going to look if he keeps doing drugs. And he goes to a scary carnival. Where oh, all he? of the cartoon characters who are supposed to be helping him are now haunting him instead. Yes. We uh, have a very long sequence where he's in a terrifying yellow submarine-esque carnival uh, being bunted around. This is the kind of thing where it serves no purpose other than to fill time and let the animators do a wacky sequence. 
This does not help a child yeah, understand what it's like to be on drugs. Oh, it's like being on a weird roller coaster, but uh, uh, Huey's head is the front car. Yeah. <laughs> it's the way to get all the characters back in for one last go. Right. And everyone's involved now. It's like the end of, of an episode of Seinfeld. Every All the plots are coming together. Um, and now everyone's involved. Right, because all the cartoon characters are about to give him tough love, be in a room, and just browbeat and and yell at this kid until he stops smoking pot. It's a scary but fun sequence. Uh-huh. Well, guess what? It gets results. Because when he leaves this it carnival, is. he's back in his bedroom. Uh, his little sister is about to try drugs for herself to be more like Michael. He slaps it out of her hand. Smoke tries one last time to seduce him to the dark side. He throws him out. Um, He lands in a dump truck that he, for some reason, cannot fly out of. And all the cartoon characters go into one poster on Michael's wall and give him a thumbs up. Yeah. By the way, that poster had a credit. I saw that poster <laughs> drawn by. I was like, wait, why was this like, a fa- it was not a famous poster maker who traced all these cartoon characters in the same box. It is a famous. Oh, oh, okay. Poster maker. Sorry. Barry Jackson. Uh huh. And he is, his name is Barry E. Jackson, but he's cre- credited. He, lo- he dropped the E for this. Oh, humble. And, yes. And he did, um, he did a lot of horror horror movie posters. Um, Wait, do you mean the poster like that. that's like, used for the VHS, like for the 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 advertisement? That's what I was trying to figure out. Not for the crappy what, cell animation that's on the wall right. of his. Okay, that's where I was getting confused. That's what I was confused too. I was like, what? Where? Why is he being credited in this stupid thing? It's like. They didn't credit like the guy who swept up the studio. <laughs> you know, it's like not like every, like every um, four hundredth oh, yeah, like, frame uh, by. <laughs> yeah, right. Every frame. <laughs> it must be the yeah. promotional posters because that's a painted poster. Okay, that makes way more sense. Yeah. Um, and then uh, as the credits roll, we're treated to a ballad version of the terrible song where they talk about how yeah. someday you're going to grow up and die and forget all about these cartoon characters, but just remember to say no throughout your life. <laughs> um, yeah. Was it the same? Did Ashman do those too? Yeah. He did all the song okay. stuff on this. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he slowed it down. He slowed the song down to be fair and played on the piano. Okay. It's not like there's two original compositions. Okay. Um, here, Here's kind of my final thoughts on this is if you're making this cartoon to teach kids about drugs or addiction or saying no uh first of all the most uh prevalent thing that a kid's gonna get into is alcohol right right like that's always the number one thing it's really not usually drugs crack <laughs> yeah, which there there is that twice in this episode yeah. where 
Somebody says, oh, this pot's pretty good. How about some crack? Yeah. And then Smoke gets a major bonus. Like, oh, yeah, crack. <laughs> um, so if you really want to talk to kids about, like, making a good decision, maybe talk about drinking as much or instead of uh, d- doing drugs. However, I have this uh, quote pulled up. It's from the producer. Because I I suspect that a reason why they don't get into it is because alcohol production sponsors so much of entertainment. And it is such a giant industry that is involved in every, everything. So you don't want to go too hard after the alcohol sponsors, especially if there's like a beer commercial during this uh, special that's being played. But do you think that also that's a harder conversation to have? for parents to have with their kids when they're drinking? Well, maybe, but doesn't that make it more viable? Because I, this thing that you're that, seeing. I agree. I just wonder, because it's so easy to go like, oh yeah, don't do, don't do crack, uh, Millie. <laughs> well, this was the response. Uh, this is again from the 1990 LA Times article. Producer Buzz Potemkin. Yeah. <laughs> Sure, that's your Potemkin? last name. Mm-hmm. No, not Potemkin. <laughs> Buzz Podman uh, said that it was going to be too confusing to explain this to kids. This was his uh, explanation. If you use drugs, it's completely different from the normal action patterns for children. They don't normally smoke. They don't normally snort things. On the other hand, they drink every day of their lives. They drink orange juice. They drink water. They drink milk. End of quote. Yeah, how... Uh, <laughs> That's why I don't bother telling my kids not to drink Drano and bleach from the bottle. Eh, they're not going to drink water the next thing. They drink orange juice. <laughs> that is the most weaselly explanation of why you're telling kids, children, not to drink alcohol. This like guy. I, I, I'm not going to get into the whole, like, should we legalize drugs or anything like that? But I think everyone can agree, yeah, children shouldn't do drugs. Children <laughs> this, shouldn't drink this. alcohol. This guy, Buzz, is a total alcoholic, right? <laughs> yeah. They cut the last part of his quote out, which was, are you saying I have a problem? <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why did you ask that? Also, if you're yeah. telling, if if the point of this is, you know, don't, don't do drugs. Um, and if you do, tell somebody, get help. Like... It, at no point do you show the kids talking to their parents, talking mm. to an adult. Uh, if anything, well, the parent it, shuts the kid down. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> the help that this kid gets comes from Baby Piggy and Slimer. <laughs> so what is the message that a kid is supposed to walk away with? from this in terms of, well, what if I do know somebody or what if I do have a problem with drugs? I hope that my, my comic book comes to life (laughs) and lectures me until I change. I know there's no, right. It's not like, well, no, in the, okay. This is not fair because in the very end, she does say, let's go talk to mom and dad. They can help you. Mm Mm-hmm. Or something which we like never that. see. It doesn't happen, but no. she does mention it casually in the end. You know, I watched this with 
my daughter and this 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 is kind of my final thought on it too is uh and she said what are you guys going to talk about <laughs> now what did she mean by that so i she knows that i take notes when i watch these things and she said i'm going to take some notes too she said maybe i'll do my own podcast about it nice <laughs> and so by you know about a minute in she'd put the the notes down and she just said today we were walking and she just said, what are you going to talk about? Nothing even happens. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she's not totally wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, this is fine. My, all my, the people who keep talking about it, these are people who rented the video like nonstop from Blockbuster or whatever. And we're always watching this thing, obsessed with it and um, are now very excited, I'm sure, that we are talking about this. I think <laughs> But one, I didn't, you know, go on. Oh, I, I think one reason why it's stuck in people's heads, besides the fact that this was touted as like the Avengers of its day, <laughs> is you could rent this for free from Blockbuster forever. That's right. It was in the free rental section. So if... I forgot about that section. Yeah, where you could get like tips on how to not have your house burned down or... There has to be a, a place on the internet where someone is cataloged what all of those are. Nathan, I guarantee there is. <laughs> if the internet's going to be good for one thing, it'll I tell am, you what videos were hunt. free. Um, yeah, this was fine. Yeah, you know, it was fun uh, trip down uh, memory lane. I, I, or, you know, at least in, in the sense that these characters, because since I don't re- actually remember this, um. But uh, very wild, very strange. Um, I'm kind of fading out here as I talk. Okay. I'm slowly well, fading away. I know somebody. <laughs> I, I think that this is a very entertaining watch. I think it's a very strange yeah. watch. Um, yeah. I think that the effectiveness of this cartoon was probably almost zero. Um, but one person, we can, we can close on this. One person really believed in this cartoon because before it was shown, uh, it was shown to lawmakers and people in Washington. They they showed them 15 minutes of production. Um, some of the music and the sound effects were missing, but they were showing it to them and saying, "Hey, promote this in your state. Promote it in your city. Uh, it's important that children watch this." And uh, <laughs> the L.A. Times, the day before this ran. This is a quote from uh, a, a, a chairman. The most powerful weapon that we know in politics is this cartoon. And we hope that the cartoon will be the most powerful tool to educate our children. And that, of course, was Chairman Joe Biden of Delaware. <laughs> 1990. Well, um, he was right. I mean, he became president. Yeah. And... Uh, he, you know, he, he follow up by saying, I know what I'm going to do Saturday morning. I want to hear the music. <laughs> That's a quote. <laughs> I want to hear the music, Jack. <laughs> of course, he, he freaking loved this. And I'm sure like, like, you know, I'm sure sheriffs all over the country are like, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. Like all these old freaking like, you know. That's your sheriff impression. <laughs> Oh, this is gonna be great! 
Get hey, down done. here. That's basically it. Get her done. <laughs> Come on, baby Kermit. The, you know, these are the same people who like thrusted the dare program into all the schools and, you know, all this propaganda and it just the worst. That is one thing I wanted to talk about was um, that aspect of the aspect of this time period of the dare program and cops coming to schools to talk about all this stuff. And, um, I just, it's again, like, I wonder what, what were the results of all this stuff? Did someone, I, all I saw was a study that said that one of the reasons why we don't do PSAs anymore and things like this is because they don't actually work. Like no one doesn't do drugs because of them, but like how, but, I mean, I guess I loved Dare when they came. I loved the cops doing a rock song. I don't know why I loved it. Like a stupid idiot. But I loved it. I loved all the dumb stuff. And so, but I don't know if it... But you remember the entertainment. It's not like the message transferred into your actions. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I do. Yeah. So with that presidential endorsement, even though you can't get this for free from Blockbuster anymore, it is available Mm. on YouTube everywhere in its full ripped from VHS glory with an FBI warning at the beginning. So maybe don't gather your family around it, but, uh, you know, (laughs) drink a CBD oil drink and uh, enjoy this most bizarre. Roll up a fatty. (laughs) Get one of your pre-rolled joints out of your little box that you keep under your bed, away from your little sister's prying eyes, and enjoy this uh, slice of 1990. And do you, what, just if if you don't mind, I would really like for Stony to end this episode. Let me tell you, Nathan. I don't know what they were smoking when they made this thing, but I want some of it. <laughs> Bye. Bye.